God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show, and I want to uh, uh, say that Leonora Cravota. I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. Do you need a redo on that, Scott? Um, I just uh, had a brain fart. Oops. Yep. Well, it's great to be here as always. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. <laughs> like uh, last, last week, Friday. I yeah. was here last Friday. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking there. I don't know either. But but you know what? That's not a scripted open, right? There you go. It's not canned open. It's not like a So recording. now everybody knows it's some live and that. it's real. Yeah, some people do that, but I don't. I even do live commercials. Did you hear our commercial? Yes, I did. The one you actually interviewed me on? Yes, I did, where we, <laughs> where we talked about your experience with the My Pillow mattress. Well, you know, I first told that story on the air live, yeah. and I said, you know, I really ought to, ought to make a commercial out of it. And I set out to make a 30-second commercial. It turned into a minute. And then it was like two minutes. And I was like, oh, we don't even have a space for two minutes. <laughs> you know, like. And then it just became longer and longer. <laughs> so I said, it's going to be an infomercial, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> but, but, the, but the whole point is, is that well, you, you went through a trauma and, you, and it's helping you. And people are using Red State as their promo code when they buy their MyPillow products. And by the way, you have another ad, MyPillow ad, and, um, that you've done. And you, when you quote the pillows, you're saying regular size is 29? No, it's 19. Is it? Yeah. Well, I think We need that, to update that ad. I think that was a while ago. But nevertheless, if you put the red state code in, you get the lowest price. You get the lowest cr- yeah. price regardless. And uh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, but but the, the whole um, situation about this is that you had been through a terrible trauma. But we get a little commission off of all this stuff. And it helps our it station. Helps, it, it helps, helps it helps keep us afloat, so and ahead. that's I'm important. Right. No, but what I want to reiterate is, and this is what the, po- the important point for our listeners is, you went through a tremendous trauma. You had a tremendous, you had a very lengthy, complicated surgery, and you have you have a compromised back. So it's important for people to realize that 
this mattress helped you. And if it helped you in your situation, imagine how people will like it who are not suffering in the same way that you were. And, you know, and and that's and that's and that's my point, you know, with this as with all. No, I still can't run. I can't jog. I can't jump. I I have no agility right now. But you're getting Um, better. But I could still kick Will Smith's butt. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, <laughs> for for those of you who haven't seen it, I did talk about the slap that was heard around the world in a piece on the American Spectator about Will Smith. So you can find it. But it's called uh, Will Smith's Oscar Punch Continues to Divide Hollywood. It appears on the uh, American Spectator website, spectator.org. And you just search for my name under my first name, Leonor Corvota, go to the L's, and that will be there. So, you know, and with that scenario, uh, yeah, you can still um, smack Will Smith's butt. But apparently Chris Rock, uh, when he was doing his act last night, this is uh, new information. Somebody started really being very critical about Will Smith during the show. One of the uh, people in the audience and started using an an expletive and started saying uh, F blah, 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 Will Smith. And Chris Rock shut it down. Which, to his credit, that was a good thing. Chris Rock has proven to be a classy dude in uh, that regard. I I have developed new respect for Chris Rock. And then while we're still on this topic, I just want to say that this is an example of what is going on with our culture Um, that we are just having a degradation that is evidenced with all of what used to be considered our landmark events. The Oscars, which used to be something that had a certain level of style and reverence, has now been degraded. I mean, now we've got the Best Actor nominee, the winner, ultimately, the person favored to win, punching somebody presenting or slapping somebody presenting a, a documentary award. And then also, you know, you had the little bit of the solemn, solemn na- nature of the uh, event going away with the, you know, when they do the memoriam. I didn't like the fact that they didn't just put up on the screen uh, the pictures of the people who had passed away. Instead, they had to turn it into some type of dance number, which t- totally defeats the point in showing reverence for those who've contributed both on the screen and behind the screen to our archives of cultural um developments and events significant film people who've contributed for many many years that their that their um, contributions are overshadowed by people standing in front of them dancing Uh, i i felt that i felt that was wrong you know i've been saying all week about this thing is that uh it's a cultural issue the oscars is a mere reflection of what is happening in our society. Absolutely. And we are not recruiting our best. You do not, folks, you do not recru- uh, recruit your best judge by basing the quality of that judge on their skin color or gender. You do not. It's insane. This whole thing about affirmative action and equity is insane. On its face, it's racist. It's reverse, you know, Martin it's reverse King, racism. Martin Luther King talked about the content of one's character, not the color of one's skin. And we've never learned that lesson. No. You know, it's not rocket science. And so this virtue signaling and, you know, and it's all about, by the way, it's, it is all about buying votes with your money. Yeah. So... 
For example, when they finance Planned Parenthood abortions, yeah. they're using the whole pool of money, mm-hmm. which means that the tax dollars that you conservatives out there pay into uh, the government, they're taking that money, your money, your conservative dollars, and they're paying for a liberal uh, activist group that turns around and then donates to political liberal candidates that support their agenda like 100% of the time. The CDC's guilty of it. Planned Parenthood's guilty of it. And I don't know why I even put those two in the same breath, but they're practically equal in their destruction of American values. But... Um, it goes beyond that. So it goes well beyond that. So what's happening with this trans thing and what's happening with, you know, like what Tucker uh, talked about earlier in the week, he talked about human rights campaign. Yeah. It's like, look, you guys won. Your mission was to set out to, you know, in, in, enhance the LBGTQ community, right? And now because you've won that victory, now you're going to pivot and go to trans? And how they're getting away with this is beyond me. But like I said, all week and all last week and the week before, is there? it's all about the money. It is, it is all about the money, folks. Money talks. You could buy your way into an office seat. You can buy your way into a political seat like a J.D. Vance, which we're going to talk about today because Leonora had a colleague. Leonora was... Uh, one, connected with an event uh, where he spoke last night. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. That leads into Ukraine. So we're going to get there in in just a moment. But let me just say that um, money, if you have enough money, you could buy your way into anything. And that's the sad part about mass media. That's the sad part about the fact that we lost our free press. We have no free press anymore. And the press that we do have that's actually telling you the truth gets censored every step of the way. I was sitting there watching, for example, Stoltenberg in Brussels representing the European Union and the NATO alliance. And they were talking about how Russia propaganda this and Russia bad that and Russia doing bad things over here. Russia's bad. We're good. They're aggressive. We're not. And you can't tell me that. Because you know why? I have half a brain. And I know for a fact that the globalists are aggressors. The globalists that seize your bank accounts, like Justin Trudeau, will seize your bank accounts and run you over, step on your face with a horse if you're a trucker honking your horn and you're protesting. I've already seen American politicians lock people up and throw them in jail without even convicting them or, I mean, without without even charging them with a crime. Without even charging them with a crime, they're in there. They're going to be there for two years before they get a court hearing. And it'll probably be settled. And it's like, what the heck? This is a misdemeanor at best. There's videotape after videotape of them sitting in the Capitol singing patriotic songs about America, waving flags and supporting their candidate, Trump, who feels disenfranchised because the election was rigged. And nobody can tell me that this Joe Biden got 81.2 million votes. No way did he do that. 
This guy can't even find his way off stage without his wife helping him. And so all I'm saying is, is that this money is coming to us from third-party groups. It's coming from us from Soros to help the DAs that are actually inspiring the violence. The reason why we're seeing this, this, these, this violence, uh, Victor Davis Hansen said something uh, earlier in the, about a month or two ago, talking about what I've been talking about. That this whole thing in California about limiting the crime to like, you, if you steal $950 or less, you're not going to go to jail at all, right? So just go and steal $800 every other time you go to the store and you'll be okay. You will never see the inside of a jail cell. And that's called reparations because, see, these libtards can't pass. They cannot pass their reparations in Congress or at the law level. So they take the law into their own hands, just like what Biden has done with the southern border. You know, just ignoring laws that he doesn't like and enforcing laws that he does. You know, and what's, you know, one law applies to the patriots, to the Trump supporters, but then that same law doesn't, doesn't apply to Jesse Smollett or it doesn't apply to Antifa or Black Lives Matter Marxists because of their political persuasion. And you know what's in control of that? It's companies like BlackRock that control the media groups. They control the big tech. They control Facebook, Twitter. They control CNN. By the way, CNN, CNN Plus? Yeah. You've heard of the streaming service? Yes, I have. They're going out of business. Already. I know. I saw that. Yeah. They're going to be laying off major layoffs in May. They're they're crumbling. But, you know, but but with the case of Disney, it just, it just occurred to me yesterday, I was thinking... They their market their their market value has nothing to do with the families that go and see them. I don't think they're too worried about the money they're going to lose from families boycotting Disney. Otherwise, there's no corporation in the world that would make such a boneheaded decision as to sponsor, you know, this trans over children, yeah. over over healthy solid families. There's nothing healthy. Folks, there's nothing healthy about a mental condition. And it's trans. That's a mental disorder. And you know what's interesting? And that's genital mutilation. And that's what we need to remember. And also with regard to Disney, I mean, there's ramifications for Disney's reaction in Florida about the um, the bill uh, that, uh, you know, the the bill where where Governor DeSantis, you know, basically for, you know, gave parents uh, the right to see what their children are being taught in school and that they're not going to be taught uh, sex education between K through uh, third grade or et cetera, which I think makes a lot a lot of sense. But there's ramifications for that corporate brand, not just in the state of uh, Florida, but also in the state of California, also globally. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I think we're going to see I think we're going to see a real impact and a real uh, blemish on the brand, because what's going to happen? It is, doesn't matter, though. They're not worried about it. See, they, this is what I'm trying to say. But that, they're not worried. No, I agree with you that they're not worried about it, but they why? should be. No, but the question is why? The question, Leonora, is why? Why are they not worried about their uh, their client base? 
Why? 50% you know of why? American is uh, America's conservative. No, I'll tell you this. Yes, right. 50% of America is conservative. You would think that they would lose 50% of America. They don't care. You know why? There's 1.4 billion people in China. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. It's and the they internet. want China's market. They want so the international market. So China is influencing markets. Disney's decisions. Well, is what I'm saying. Well, and that's been going on for a long time. And then you also have other European. You have European countries that are that, that lean to the left that are supporting yeah, but, the Disney brand. I, I, yeah, I agree, and, but and it goes, but but it goes further into what I'm saying. It's it's Disney doesn't care, but they're taking tax dollars. Okay, so they're they're controlling the media narrative. They're telling you, you know. Remember, we had this conversation about yeah. the kitchen. I said, yeah. you can no longer tell me that the fridge is, is a fridge. It's a stove. And the stove is a fridge. And this and that and the other. But try cooking a dinner in your refrigerator no. and see what happens. You know, like a boy is a girl and a girl is a boy and a thee and a them and a whatever. And did you a, hear they did something with passports now? Oh, so yeah, now with X. passports, you don't have X. you don't have to sit. You could you could have a third option. I mean, give me a yeah, break. That's going to make it. That's a terrorist. Uh, <laughs> the, the terrorists are going to love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna love seeing the reaction yes. when you come back internationally and they look. You know how now with the this, you yeah, still have to X. wear a mask and yet pull your face your mask down so that they can look at your face. Well, what do they do with the people that list themselves as X's? What are they looking for? Jeez, I don't know. I I, I, I got to tell you, geez, geez, a wheeze, right? But here's the thing. What they're doing is they're using your tax dollars to buy voter blocks. They did it, they're, and, they're, and they're being bought by foreign NGOs, like non-governmental organizations, like George Soros-like groups. He has lots of different organizations. And then he finances, like, for example, MoveOn.org yeah. was financed wholeheartedly by Soros. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this money goes into these groups and these groups do their dirty work for them. And they finance and they have all this leverage. It's sort of like what Fauci had. Fauci had the power of the purse to influence scientists and academic professors and doctors. He had the power uh, to influence nonprofit organizations like Eco Alliance. It's old as, old as the hills, but... Fauci was a 50-year veteran of bureaucracy. He's also a scientist and an academic. And he's connected and well-loved. When he walks into a room, like E.F. Hutton, when he speaks, people listen. Right? <laughs> I'm dating myself. Did I, I mean, just when he myself? spoke, people listened. Yeah. How old is that? That, that, that commercial is very, very old. I'm going back to the 70s and 80s, folks. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that when he walks into a room, everybody kisses Fauci's ring. He's got this, like he's what, five foot four? He's a little midget, right? Can't throw yeah. a baseball. Guy has not one ounce of testosterone, yet he's still straight. I don't understand. Yeah. Why is he not trans? Yeah. You know? Um, but uh, the thing is, is that Fauci's a criminal, right? And he's a, he's a murderer. He's a scum bag. But here's the thing. He walks into a room and these elites kiss his ring. And the reason why is because he holds all the money. He gives out the contracts. And everybody that got the contracts was the, were the people that covered up the COVID uh, distinction of, of the origin, which was, which was that it was man-made, right? Those scientists got paid off. You've, you've heard Jim Jordan. I keep saying, yesterday I said Jeff Jordan. It's Jim Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. See, 
And that's not a mistake because he has a brother. His name's yeah. Jeff Jordan. And they, they were both Ohio wrestlers. And I look at them both as wrestlers, not 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 so much politicians. Well, maybe that's yeah. the way you should think of them. There's a great video of J- Jim Jordan winning an NCAA title against the GOAT. You know, well, the GOAT, the real GOAT is Kale Sanderson. Yeah. But, but, but John Smith who is one of our best international athletes ever uh, for wrestling. Uh, Jim Jordan beat John Smith to win an NCAA title. That's no small task. Real, real good, good wrestler. But uh, great, great politician. He, he's one of... Justice Clarence Thomas is my favorite judge. Uh, you know, and Scalia was my favorite of all time. Um, but uh, I have to say, Jim Jordan's one of my favorite politicians. And Matt Gates has been really doing... Amazing, uh, and things. we had an opportunity to meet him two years ago at the, an event I was involved with in Florida. Yeah. Now they had this thing, you know, and Tucker had him on the other day, and and uh, basically they were um, going after him because they said he was involved with he they 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 a said he was gay, which you know, I guess I don't really care. It doesn't you know? matter whether he's and, gay, and, uh, and and then and B, uh, they said he was involving uh, minors. Yeah, that that I do care. You know, if I because yeah, be because true. he has adopted a child, or I, I he has adopted a child, and uh, but you know, no one, I don't know anything about that story. I don't know one way or the other, right? There's no right. proof or evidence of anything, but the Justice Department issued a statement and leaked it to the New York Times, yeah, which is unbelievable that they did that, yeah, and they should never have done that. But they did it because he's a conservative. And I think they did it to silence him because he was the one that was just giving it to them, right? Yeah. And I think they did it to silence him. And all of a sudden, he's come out of the woodwork. And he pulls out this hard drive and he wants to enter it into evidence. And, you know, and you should have seen the Democrats in the committee. Nadler is the chair. Panicking. Over all this. Yeah. Because they don't want that Hunter Biden hard drive in the public record. Because then it becomes something that you can, you know, it's legit, legitimized. I just, um, oh, I <laughs> had a hiccup for a second. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah, it's, it's that. So anyway, getting back to the thing about buying interest groups, buying these groups, they're buying it to influence, and what they're doing is they're trying to lock down. Um, they're trying to lock down voter blocks, just like when Lyndon B. Johnson said, "We're going to own those N words for the next two hundred years." He used civil rights uh, law to do it, and yeah. it was it was all about affirmative action and uh, affordable housing and all these different uh, gimmies, and. The same thing is true with what they're trying to do with LBGDQ. I think it's a socially. I don't. I don't think it's settled science that it's. I. I, I don't think it is settled science that it's not a learned behavior. That it's a social choice, a social preference. That it's a sexual preference. Um, I, I think there are a lot of people with different testosterone and hormonal levels. Um, that. 
And I've seen feminine men that are happily married and great fathers. And that's very you know, true. You know, you, you, you often know, they, see they those. They have a feminine side to them. You, you see that scenario. You see a guy, but and people do, say, "Oh, he." I always thought he was gay. Right. And then you because he looks a little bit effeminate, and then you watch it, and it's totally it's a totally and, masculine and, person in a heterosexual relationship. And I'll never forget what Ben Carson said. Who's a you know renowned doctor, and he said, you know. The studies have shown that when some men go and get incarcerated and they go to jail and they come out queer, you know, that's that that wasn't necessarily they were born that way. They were they were conditioned. Well, they were conditioned because of the environment that they're in. And so, like, you know, when the Disney woman, right, the head of Disney. Yeah. That woman that was uh, I played the clip earlier this week. It's just not worth playing again. Yeah. But she said. I have one child that's trans and one child that's pan. And I'm like, what the heck is what going is on with you? What is pansexual? No, no, no. But yeah. And it's like, these are children, yeah. right? How can so that be the happening? The sexual shouldn't even be like a, a thing. It should not be a thing. No, right? it shouldn't be. So my point is like, I didn't know anything about sex when I was Well, no, I remember kid. there was a book, something called Where I knew about building do... dams with mud and clay no, no, I remember, and playing with lizards. I remember growing up and finding books in the house like, uh, you know, everything you ever wanted to know about sex. The, uh, you know, the book by the, yeah. the, the famous uh, doctor and that Woody Allen spoofed in a movie. And I also, there were little books like Where Do Babies Come From? But it was more, uh, you know, a, a general explanation that that babies come from uh, from a phys- you know a physical act associated yeah. between two parents yep. that love each other it was it was not getting into all this other yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah. so in any case it's it's just it's, it's one of these things where uh they are trying to buy bo- blo- voting blocks they're doing it and they're trying to get uh they're selling out principles and values in order to win over these people. And you know, the thing is, I'm a Native American Indian, and Native American Indians get certain grants and right. certain things. But you know what? I've said to a lot of friends and family, I said, you know what? I Because it's available, I might try to take advantage of it. But And this reminds me of something Trump said. Yeah. I said, but I'm against it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm against these policies that differentiate and give one thing to Native American. And I can make the argument that, you know, um, we're further behind than, than other groups. But you know what? That's not an excuse. And you just got to keep on for- looking forward, not looking backward. Reparations is not the answer. Being a victim is not the answer. Empowering yourself and stepping up that ladder is the answer. And and so I- I've... I've opposed that. I remember when Trump said, there's all kinds of tax loopholes. I'm going to take advantage of every tax loophole there is. But, you know, I, you know, I, I definitely think that uh, we should change the tax loopholes. And a lot of the decisions and principles that he laid out weren't good for his bottom line. Right. Do you know what I mean? No. And so, in any case, they're, they're going out of their way to buy trans but, you know, how many votes are they going to get from trams? I said this yesterday in a tweet or something like that. And I said, you know, if trans started their own sporting event, yeah. right? They started their own athletic mm-hmm. division. Right. The trans division. Yeah. They would have about 100 viewers. Mm-hmm. They would have, they would not be able to succeed, but they're piggybacking on to a larger, more successful group. That's exactly what socialism does. 
Socialism cannot ever, ever afford itself if it didn't have capitalism to piggyback off of. So socialism, that you know, and Margaret Thatcher said the trouble with socialism is sooner or long you run out of other people's money. Right. Well, the idea is you could never have socialism if you didn't first have capitalism right. where the wealth is. We're one of the wealthiest countries in the world. And the reason why is because we were a free capitalist, free thinking, innovative society. And we're, they're, they're, doing, they're doing as rapidly as possible. They're changing all that. Mm-hmm. And this war in Ukraine, you know, the main, mainstream media is tr- starting to pick up on this. But before we leave culture, and that's what we've been talking about a yeah. little bit with this culture, you know, one of the things, the takeaways, and people are starting to talk about it, is how dumbed down the Oscars looks. And, you know, I remember um, the Grammys. And I remember uh, there was a day when the adults, uh, when, you know, it would be like Olivia Newton-John or something like that would, would have a great hit. It wasn't just relegated to 14-year-olds yeah. that liked the music. It was also the parents that liked the music. Exactly. And now... Because uh, I've questioned myself, is it because of my age that I no longer, I haven't watched the uh, Grammys in 20 years? Is it that? I don't know. Uh, maybe a little bit of that. You know, maybe I'm just older and I'm not interested in that. But, I, I, you know, I'm trying to get my head around it. But we left the Grammys. Once it became like, once rap and hip hop and all this crap, it, and I thought it was going to be a trend that was going to be short-lived. But it never completely went yeah, away. Because you know what? When I go to a restaurant and I want to have an enjoyable time, and most good restaurants, you know what you know, I'm hearing? I'm hearing music from the 70s and 80s and 90s. Because right? that's what people want to hear. Yeah, that, that's real music, right? I mean, not that this, there aren't some good songs coming out now, but they're fewer and but far this, between. You know, when you just think about that the next time you go to a restaurant and you hear, you know, Elton John or Billy Joel or yeah. whatever. Right or James Taylor or or Jim Croce or you know you name it right the Beatles you, yeah the Beatles right <laughs> you know I mean so so there was a lot of great music once in a, once in a blue moon one uh, and down the down the pike and um, today it's you know put a cap in your head cop killer this that and the other. It's it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's prison garb. It's and uh, the that, lowest dredges of society being elevated. Everything also has to be some sort of a uh, political mission. Well, that's the other thing. I, I think you have a lot of art which d- no longer exists as art itself. It's become you know it's become social propaganda. Right. So uh, Kelly Megan Kelly had an interview with Richard Dreyfus, who won uh, an Oscar in 1978 for the Goodbye Girl and for I Best that, Actor. And I thought that Megan Kelly ruined the interview. Um, but he was great. Richard Dreyfus was great. And he talked about this. I'm going to play his part of the clip, but let me just tell you that then Megyn Kelly then decided to inject Trump into it, and he didn't even bite. He didn't even go there. He outsmarted Megyn Kelly completely. But Megyn Kelly is just a twerp, okay? (laughs) And I can't stand her. You know, I think she's really, you know, but she she has a great interviewee, but she was a terrible interview and interviewer mm-hmm. in this. Uh, so I'm cutting her out pretty much. And I'm just I, all I want to hear is I want to hear Richard Dreyfus on what he makes of the Oscars. Let's take a listen. It's not his behavior. It's our behavior that, uh, that has Talking about led me to a very um, 
specific and difficult decision, which is to write this book, uh, that would no more have been allowed to happen than to show up naked on the same show. The Academy Awards are a reflection of some of our best and all of our worst instincts. Mm. And we trample on that. And it's not funny and it's not something that you can do and say, oops. We have a certain sense of society and its behavior. And we have respect for not only the society we are members of, but we don't give in to the least sensible behavior. And Will Smith would no more have uh, approved of his own behavior had this been 10 years earlier Mm -hmm. than he would have jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge. But there is no boundaries anymore because no one is teaching them to us. No one. No one is teaching uh, the Bill of Rights, and that ultimately is the society's uh, picture of proper behavior. And no one is teaching that, and no one is calling for it. And that is the worst decision that a society can come to. Mm. This is not just Will Smith, and it's not just the Academy Awards. It's who we are and how, how did we get to this clownish place. Can I remind you that the 2016 and the 2020 Uh, debates for the presidency of the United States contained every rotten, stupid thing and no one called it out. We were, uh, that was as, uh, let's say, as illustrative if you were trying to get on the Ed Sullivan show with vaudeville. The only thing they lacked were red shoe, red uh, noses and big floppy shoes. Mm. And that was not mentioned by any of the journalists involved. And no one spoke up for the inappropriateness of that behavior when it was as inappropriate as hell and... You can't do it. And if you do it, that's the country you live in. That's fascinating. I mean, listen, I actually sat on the stage with Donald Trump when he Yeah. Yeah. And did he did he mention the Bill of Rights in that? He uh, mentioned he did. He yeah, did at some yeah. point in the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, did we hear that? Because I didn't hear that. I part. don't think he did in that part. I think I think he bought, he mentioned it in um in the in another clip. Yeah, unless I missed it. Yeah, I just I'm so so upset with Megyn Kelly for bringing, trying to 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 do what she well, did. Well, she kind of like tried the same poke, though as she what happened basically with Will Smith hijacked in a presidential debate. Let's take a listen. It's to job it. and it's not. 
they're running. Yeah, she just won't stop talking. Now in a spiral. Right here. What do you make of it? We live now in a spiral of decay that is as clear to see as as any bad crime. We have been losing the one guaranteed audience. Everyone loves the Academy Awards. Everyone loves movies. And yet, each year, the audience is less and less and less. And there's a reason. And that reason is that we've thrown out anything having to do with, with film, film, which we can uh, run and, and be proud of, but we're not. Uh, people name documentaries that are never see seeable, and people talk about uh, movies as if it is their job to correct the um, the social gaffes of men versus women and white men, white people turning against black people, that that's their first job, not their second or third. There's no excuse for the political correctness that has overwhelmed our culture. And you have to have the right to, through your art, to have this given some serious thought. Yeah, and he did mention that. I'm sure we played it. I just didn't hear it. I mean, we, we, we may have yeah, missed it. But I've heard that. He clip. did mention the Bill of Rights, yeah. yes. And he's, you know, the Bill of Rights, if we just followed the Bible yeah, and then the Bill of Rights, yeah, man, how great would our society be? Exactly. I, and, and again, I think the really critical point here is that we're taking art and using it as a way exclusively almost to make political statements as opposed to a political component being part of some art but not all art so if you have a situation where you have a you know you have a, a story of somebody who struggles in some way and there's some political or social ramification because of his struggles we learn something from that but it, it doesn't have to be centerpiece with every single film that there's an agenda and that, and, and what's happening is film Tele, uh, film, television, theater, etc., music are all becoming activism, uh, uh, you know, platforms. Yeah. And that's not the way it was intended to be. So the other big issue also was inflation. And, um, yes. you know, uh, by the way, just a couple of little things. Stormy Daniels. Yes. Well, she now owes Trump $538,262, the court <laughs> ruled. I guess she'll have to appear on Saturday Night Live again. <laughs> Trump is vindicated again, but you know what? Justice moves slow. It does. It and, does. Uh, and and it would have been nice if this would have come out when Avenatti was still not in jail. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, this is just such a fiasco, but yeah. we're getting screwed. And then, you know, the wrongs are... Like Hunter Biden's laptop is going to be coming out, you know? The, the shoes are going to drop. 
but too little, too late. They've already done the damage, you see. Yeah. And a lot of times, people will actually commit crimes knowing that they're, you know, they'll commit a crime knowing that they're guilty. Yeah. But if they can commit a crime, like of election rigging, and then win the election as a result of the rigging yeah. and the cheating and the corruption and the crime, right. they can then exempt themselves from, you know, they can give themselves immunity. Yeah. They can give themselves a pardon. Yeah. So then it pays to do the crime, right? Because now you've just gotten rich off the crime or you've gotten powerful off the crime. So you can do the crime now because you have no time. <laughs> that was cheesy. <laughs> um, and then the other one is uh, we're about to spend $7.5 billion to get a black woman into, onto the moon. $7.5 billion. That's in the uh, budget. Yeah. That's in the new budget. Yeah. We're going to spend $7.5 billion. They couldn't get $7.5 billion for the wall. Yeah. I remember Trump wanted $6 billion for the wall. He couldn't get it. Yeah. $7.5 billion to put a black woman on the moon. That is insane. And again, this, and this is just it. You know, the thing is, is that don't tell me about reparations. I'm so sick and tired of the fact, you know, at some point you got to earn it. And right now what I'm seeing is, and there's a distinct difference between black conservatives and black liberals. One looks at themselves as victims in, with a handout for reparations and points a finger in your face, curses you out and says, you're guilty of the crimes you didn't commit. And it's ridiculous. And it's insulting. And not only that, but every time I'm watching a video, it seems like, of somebody fighting on a plane or, or smacking somebody on the stage at the Oscars or, you know, whatever, it seems to be of a, a person of color. This entitlement. Like, they can get away with it. Like I said yesterday. You know, if Ben Affleck smacked Jerry Seinfeld in the face, there would be a completely different... Um, Narrative about it. Narrative. And, and that was one of the points uh, that, that was commented about the Oscars is that they, it's been broken down on race, by racial lines. The response in much the way, same way the Jesse Smollett case was yeah, broken down you, by racial some point, lines. You cannot be called a racist to call it out for what it is. He you know, hit I'm him at, on the stage. You know, there's you know, something the, wrong with that. I don't care what but, color you are. But there was a spring break thing where there's these black fraternities went down and looted Walmart. Again, they were fighting, and then there was another uh, set of uh, a riot in Victoria's Secret where they were fighting each other over the scraps that they were going for. And I'm saying to you, the Soros DAs are causing this to happen because they're granting license for reparations that they can't pass in laws. So they're allowing these people to take it off the shelves instead, and they're not punishing them. Criminal justice reform is one of the problems. But it's also what the Obamas did with Black Lives Matter and sending Al Sharpton and, and Eric Holder out to Ferguson to smooth things over. And, it, you know, all that you ever saw was riots. And when Dylan Roof actually shot up a black church, uh, they said, no, we don't want Al Sharpton coming down. We don't want Obama coming down here because they're just going to stoke the flames right. of trouble. So, you know, there's this. And why are people so sheeple? Why, why are people sheeple, right? Why are they so obedient to this narrative? They're, how can they be so stupid well, as to buy into this? people are terrified of being called racists. Because like I say, if somebody came to me about Native Americans, which you know, I'm a Native American, I would never 
you know, I know right and wrong principles, right? And that's the that's the distinct difference between black conservatives and black uh, liberals. And we were talking about uh, black leaders from the 60s and 70s. And even Malcolm X wore a suit. And he was probably a liberal militant, but yet he kind of had disdain for the liberal white liberal uh, Democrats. Uh, the other one was, I mentioned uh, Sidney Poitier, and you, you said... You said, uh, "Well, he's he wasn't really born in well, America." Well, he wasn't right? born in America, but that's but but the point but, but is, no, is, and then I said, "Okay, let's take Harry Belafonte." Yeah, disagree with his politics. The guy was a flat-out Marxist, but, but he, he carried himself with dignity well, and class. Again, this is this is not necessarily a racial issue, but we yeah. are seeing a degradation of everything that goes on in our society culturally. You remember, people used to dress up to go to the theater. People used to dress up to fly on a plane. Well, of course, part of the reason why they don't dress up yeah. to fly on a plane anymore is because they're they're practically strip no, searched we, before we, they get on the plane. You know, and who's that comedian we really love? Oh, oh. Maniscalco. Uh, Sebastian, is it Sebastian? Yeah, Sebastian Maniscalco. He would say, he would make all these jokes about people, how they'd come into hotels and they were how they would go on a plane. And how they'd go on. In their pajamas. In their pajamas. And he's like, don't don't you look in the mirror? I mean, uh, (laughs) what's wrong with you people? I mean, it's like, (laughs) oh, isn't anybody embarrassed anymore is his favorite line. And I think about that because I wonder, like I saw, you know, look at some of the people out in the public sphere and look at how they're dressed and how they're communicating. There's no there's no um, importance of uh, of of the solemnness or or the significance of celebrations anymore. We uh, we are so running out of time, so we want to play this Tucker Carlson (laughs) clip because Victor Davis Hanson is one of my great uh, one of my favorite thinkers. Thomas Sowell is one of my favorite thinkers, and um, in any case, he talks a little bit about the transgender seniors and transgender in Disney, and then they get into inflation. Inflation was another big topic because Biden is, you know, trying to blame Putin and COVID for his own mistakes. In any case, let's take a listen to Tucker's exchange. This is uh, going to be also leading into an interview with Victor Davis Hanson. Now, wait a second. You may wonder as you sit down with your family to celebrate the joy of transgenderism on Transgender Appreciation Day. How many trans seniors are there in this country? No offense, but the trans thing seems pretty new. And if it's not new, how come no one had ever heard of it before, say, four years ago? And is securing trans rights really the biggest problem that old people in America now face? Well, don't ask, because asking is violence. And as you just heard, if there's one thing that trans people don't need more of, it's violence. As Joe Biden just told us, there is a, quote, epidemic of violence against transgender women of color in America. There is. We didn't know that. We keep track. We never heard that. We know there's an epidemic of murder in Baltimore. Hundreds and hundreds of people died just last year. But anti-trans violence is a new concept. So we went dutifully to the numbers and we checked. And here they are. According to the activist group, the Human Rights Campaign, which probably isn't skimping on the number, in 2018, there were a total of 26 transgender Americans of all colors who were killed. Around the same time, a group called the Williams Institute estimated there were a total of about 1.4 million Americans who identified as transgender. So you put those numbers together in a simple equation and you find that the murder rate for transgendered people that year was 1.8 per 100,000. Okay. By contrast, the murder rate for the entire American population that year was 4.9 murders per 100,000. So actually, contra Joe Biden, you were a lot better off being trans than being not. 
being trans was definitely a lot safer than living in Baltimore. You may have not have known that. In fact, doubtless you did not know that. Joe Biden didn't mention it today because, in fact, no matter what they tell you, the people of Baltimore don't have a place in the equity agenda. And that's why you don't see them on MSNBC. They don't teach at Princeton. They're not technically oppressed, unlike doctors that say Wake Forest School of Medicine. They're oppressed. This week, an oppressed student doctor at Wake Forest called Kishel DeRosio tweeted about stabbing a patient who dared to mock her preferred pronoun. So in the name of trans rights, she stabbed him. She tweeted this, quote, I had a patient I was doing a blood draw on, see my pronoun pin, and laugh loudly to the staff, Del Rosario wrote. I missed his vein, so he had to get stuck twice. She stabbed him. Then another student at Wake Forest Medical School, a future doctor, this one called Yuen Lu, publicly called the episode karma, karma for the patient who was stabbed. So here you have two doctors in training boasting about hurting a patient because he mocked trans rights or something like that, their pronouns. So we wanted to know what Wake Forest Medical School had to say about this. So we reached out to them. We've done it all week. We'd love to know who got stabbed. What's the name of the victim? We also want to know if these two students are going to be expelled or will they be treating you at the free clinic soon? Doctors aren't supposed to assault their patients under any circumstances, particularly over a medical disagreement. But the dean's office at Wake Forest appears to have taken the phone off the hook. They're not answering our calls. Finally, after two days of hounding, the medical school's publicist told us that one of the students is taking a leave of absence, but also that, quote, all of our procedures were followed while caring for this patient. <laughs> caring for this patient. <laughs> he made fun of her pronouns, so she stabbed him. In other words, Wake Forest Medical School doesn't care that its future doctors are boasting about stabbing their political opponents. That's all within normal procedures at Wake Forest Medical School. Obviously, this will not be a big story. It's maybe the last time you ever hear of it. It'll blow over because it's not out of the ordinary. Like most medical schools, Wake Forest now admits doctors based on two criteria, their appearance and their political views. They've trained their doctors to view political dissent as violence. Respect my pronouns or I will stab you. And now these medical schools are covering for physicians who commit malpractice, who commit violence in the name of equity. Obviously, this is lawlessness, but instead of doing anything about it, instead of protecting you, the patient, our leaders are finding new ways to tell you that you deserve your punishment. So to that end, the Biden administration has just signed a new anti-lynching law. Anti-lynching? What century is this? Will it help the people of Baltimore? Probably not. That's not the point. Here's the point. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris explain. Racial hate isn't an old problem. It's a persistent problem, a persistent problem. And I know many of the civil rights leaders here know you've heard me say it a hundred times. Hate never goes away. So today we are gathered to do unfinished business, to acknowledge the horror in this part of our history, to state unequivocally that lynching is and has always been a hate crime. Yeah, and to right. make clear that the federal government may now... You know, it's always been a crime to kill somebody, all right? So she did that before Jesse Smollett, by the way, when she was a senator. And uh, we're going to fast forward to uh, Victor Davis Hanson. Let's take a listen. Well, Curley, you know, governed from prison went out of his way to help people, crook though he was. These people helped nobody. I don't think this can continue. Do you? No, I don't. I mean, if Joe Biden really is worried about symbols and signs, he could just say to Hunter, please, Hunter, 
symbolically never use the n-word again and then hunter could say okay dad don't call a senior aide boy or don't call an african-american journalist a junkie or you ain't black that would be a good start but you know when they when the left creates these self-induced crises and that's what they are and whether the border or foreign policy inflation gas and they can't solve them because they're in an ideological straitjacket they look to the trivial and I mean, if you want to talk about race, we, could, we have a national tragedy. 7,000 African-Americans murdered by other African-Americans. 75% illegitimacy rate in the black community. Three, 300,000 black abortions. He doesn't have an answer to that because some of the policies that he embraces help cause that. And so they go over and talk about you know, a moon, a moon landing 50 years ago when the country was 88% white and why weren't there more blacks there? And so another thing they do is and they don't want to talk about class, Tucker, because class yeah. is the new barometer of oppression or inequality. And whether you're an African-American tire changer in Bakersfield or you're a white lathe worker in Dayton or you're a house painter in Fresno, you're not making it in this inflationary high fuel economy. You can't afford $7 for diesel fuel. And so that, that's what, we don't really care what Michelle says about oppression from her third mansion in Hawaii or what LeBron says from his billion dollar uh, contract. It just, it's just Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. He goes home to a mansion and an estate in Calabasas. It's absolutely irrelevant. And you can see that you're absolutely right, Tucker, that they don't have a COVID crisis or a transgendered uh, epidemic of hate or nuclear war on the brink, then in normal times, people dispassionately, soberly and judiciously, they look at this agenda and they say, this is contrary to human nature. In fact, this is madness and we want no part of it. So to, you know, to sum up, the subtext of everything you said, Tucker, is fear. They created a voter locomotive of angry people and it's coming down the tracks at them in November. And they're tied to the tracks with ideological rope, and they can't get out. And there's no way they can get out. And we're going to see one of the biggest resets I think we've seen since the 1930s when they lost over 70 seats. Hillary said, we've got a, no crisis left. Uh, we should let it go to waste. That's what Rahm Emanuel, that's what Gavin Newsom. They don't have any idea of the real crisis that's coming because they created it, and they're going to suffer it politically in a way they cannot imagine. His lips to God's ears, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the uh, Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out the Substack. Uh, we are going to be adding the premium section over the weekend, and uh, the content is just going to be building. Um, but everybody that signed up all the way up until today, even today, um, if you sign up at Substack uh, com. Uh, we're going to go ahead and put you right into that premium section and you're going to see it build over the next couple of months and and uh, and it's going to be a good thing. In any case, also be sure to check out magapack.org. They sponsor uh, Red State Talk Radio now and without their help and support. And they're a 501c3, so it's a tax-deductible donation, magapack.org. And also use Red State over at My Pillow. My name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Corvetta. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to bed.